We don't have to sing. Let's not. Oh, hello, gentle listener. Welcome to Hot Drinks. Before... I'm fucking drunk. God damn it. Like and subscribe. Well, hi, Sister Twain. Hello, Brother Coffee. Uh, we are both sick. S- it's ridiculous. So we're going to try to not have a lot of... <coughs> yeah. We're going to try to avoid that on the podcast. And I'm going to try not to laugh at all because it just makes me... The, it makes everything worse. So this is going to be a somber <laughs> and depressing hot drinks. <laughs> okay. Welcome to Hot Drinks. Welcome. This is Sister Latter-day Twain. Tell us more about yourself, Sister Latter-day. Oh, uh, I'm 44. I'm a strawberry blonde. I'm 5'10", nothing if not statuesque. Um, <laughs> These are the best things that you've chosen to say about yourself. <laughs> I uh, have four children. And uh, I'm an ex-Mormon. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh <laughs> I'm Brother Jack Coffey. I'm also a former Mormon. Former Mormon. Oh. A former Mormon. Um, I am 6'4". <laughs> I'm bald, but I have a beautiful beard. You do. God. Um, I didn't know we were describing physical attributes. <laughs> I would say my body is like a little on the chubby side, but still like well proportioned to my height. Yeah. Um, we both used to be in mixed orientation marriages, uh-huh. meaning we, I was married to a straight lady. And you were married to a gay man. A gay lady. A gay, <laughs> a gay you man. You were married to a big, dumb gay lady. <laughs> um, and now we make a podcast where we talk about straight ladies and gay ladies. <laughs> we talk about our bodies. bodies. Not really. Bodies. bodies. We could, I mean, though. from time to time from we time do. From time to time. Um, and it's called Hot Drinks. And it's about, yeah. All kinds of things. All kinds of things. Really whatever's on our mind. So, so welcome. welcome. Thank you for joining us. Um, the two main things that like pop into my head from reviews, the bad reviews that I've got, is that our podcast is apparently about my ho- horribly annoying laugh. Yes. And uh, thank God you're not going to do any of that tonight because it'll make you <laughs> cough. Um, uh, three things: the laugh. Um, that our- we talk way too much about our sex life. Right. Which is funny because I don't have a sex life. <laughs> I think I haven't had sex since, I would say, like, second quarter 2019, if we're going on a fiscal oh, calendar. Oh, my God. So it's been a while, so I don't talk about my sex Oh, my life. God. Um, and then the third thing is, uh, according to the bad reviews, we talk about how cool we are. Oh, that's true. You guys, <laughs> I've been asking around, and we are so cool. <laughs> Sister Twain just coughed on her ginger brew. I made her a lovely oh. ginger brew. She's not drinking alcohol because of her cough, but I, may, I make this stuff from, that I learned from Bon Appetit called ginger brew, which is basically just pureed ginger, lemon, and agave. Poured a little hot water in it, so it's like a ginger, super ginger tea something. Yeah. And I am drinking, what am I drinking? Oh, like a Kentucky Mule, like bourbon, ginger beer, lime. Although if I finish this <coughs> and I still want to drink, which I will because I don't have to work tomorrow, yeah. I'm going to have a... Um, a hot toddy with the ginger brew. I'm so excited about that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, I can't remember if I said it on this podcast, but I was going to do a dry January. Did I talk about that? I think maybe. Well, you guys, I failed. <laughs> I had like two days where I didn't drink. I even bought, did I tell you this? I even bought like fake bourbon, like non-alcoholic bourbon. 
that, I didn't even know that was a thing. Well, I didn't either, but it popped up on my Instagram as as an ad <sighs> because, of course, my phone had heard me talking about a dry January. Uh-huh. And, it, and it basically is like this brewed beverage um, that that is supposed to mimic the taste and sort of... Uh, like essence of bourbon and so then you if you're not drinking you can make an old-fashioned with it or you know whatever so i bought it um it's pretty gross uh-huh. and so i haven't drunk any of it. <laughs> i one of these nights i'll try making an old-fashioned with it because i did um i did just like sip it and it's gross so anyway so i just went back to alcohol i was like this fake stuff's gross <laughs> i can't deal with my feelings i'm gonna drink alcohol so anyway um so before we jump back in, we're in a part two tonight, because yeah. last week we did part one of a sharing time that you shared about yeah. the one who got away. Yeah. And and we call him <clears throat> Harvey? Hoyt. Hoyt. <laughs> Hoyt. Um, so before we jump back into that, is there any women's work or housekeeping or business that we need to cover? Um, I ran across an article today, and I immediately knew it needed to be part of women's work tonight. And also because it would be good for you, too, Brother Coffee. For me? Yeah. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> so this is an article. I will post a link to the article in the show notes. <laughs> I don't know how to do that. Which but... means that won't be happening. No, I will. I'm going to try. <clears throat> I don't know how to do it, but that's what other podcasts say. I know. They do. Yeah. How do I'm they gonna, do that? I don't know. I'm going to try to find oh. out. And if not, you won't get a link. But otherwise, I'm going to post a link to the article in our show notes. <laughs> so this is from an article... Uh, from a website called Yale Environment 360. Sounds fake. <laughs> it's an online magazine published by the Yale School of Forestry and Inven- Environmental Science. <laughs> Enven- Environmental. Again, sounds okay. kind of phony. Here it is in a nutshell. Okay. A tight, nice nutshell. I love a tight nutshell. Um, <clears throat> That... So again, January 9th, this was published. So this is brand new science. Like two days ago. Oh, yeah. I was thinking it was more than that. Oh, my God. No, it's like, it's like two so, or three days my ago. My brain is underwater right now. Um, immersing yourself in nature for two hours a week, and that can be at one go or spread out over the week, has astronomical health benefits. This is the first study that has put like a hard number on the benefits. They did a study with like 22,000 people and those that had those two hours, I'll go through the benefits that were published. Um, Sorry, I was not queued up. Uh, It's a have to have, they say, for physical health and cognitive function. It has robust effects on your health physically, mentally, and emotionally. And in the study, and this is important, those who didn't hit that two-hour mark, so let's say it was just an hour 45. um, They were fucked. No benefit. No benefit. Yeah. So what was even the point? Um, anyways, so but, what I'm hearing is I'm not going to get to two hours anyway. It's cold out there. <laughs> so why even try? So if you divide it over like seven days a week, 100 divided by seven. Or 120 because that's how many hours, that's how many minutes two hours is. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm so embarrassed. What? I'm so fucking 
I what we had. You have a cold, and and you're very ill, and we had some drugs. Oh my god. <laughs> We're not supposed to talk about that. We had no drugs. Uh, <laughs> um, anyways, uh, 120. Oh, my God. I said 100? Yeah. Why? <laughs> so 120 divided, divided by, by seven, seven is like... 17 minutes a day. Yeah. Seems like and a lot. you don't have to be exercising or hiking or camping. It's just having a stroll. It's just being in a green space. So I can go... Oh, Okay. I was going to say, go stand out in the parking lot at Target for 15 minutes. Oh, sorry. That won't count. There are no green spaces around me, <laughs> except the park across the street. I mean, around you is a relative term, because uh, you live in Utah, which is like the mecca of, of all things outdoors. I know, but I... Okay. So I, this is a wonderful study. <laughs> anyway, I was some incredible science. No, Two I think hours, it's great. You divide it up over a week. Just get out there in a green space and, and be in the space. It's it's on the list of all of the things that I know would help me in my life <clears throat> that I still continue to not do, like exercising but, or hydrating. But, but think about how simple it is to be in a green space for fourteen minutes a day, and how seventeen. Oh, sorry, seventeen minutes a day, and and the incredible health benefits that this study has found. And it takes less effort than trying to drink eight ounce or eight glasses of water a day. Right. It takes less effort than exercise. That's my whole point about it. You just have to get to a green space. Yeah. What if I started drinking the recommended amount of water a day and suddenly all my problems went away? And I was like, well, fuck, this was it the whole time. All I had to do was be hydrated. Like my, my financial problems went away. My skin cleared up. My emotional problems went away just from those eight glasses of water. And I was like, well, Jesus Christ, this is all I needed to do? That's weird because I was talking about being in green space, not hydrating. Okay. <laughs> do you have any women's work? You do. Do I? Yeah. What did about, you do today? Well, I want to talk about two movies that we saw in the last two yeah. days. So number one, Sister Twain and I went yesterday with a friend of ours to see um, Knives Out. Uh-huh. And I enjoyed it. Uh-huh. But everyone calm down about that movie. Uh-huh. Yeah. Everyone is like, <laughs> oh my God, it's so good. Have you seen it? Uh-huh. You're like, oh, I'm thinking about going to Knives Out. And they're like, oh my God, I loved it. I've seen it three times. <laughs> and I liked it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it was fun. Yeah. <coughs> Daniel Craig sounded like Kevin Spacey, so that made me really uncomfortable. He sounded like Kevin oh. Spacey as Frank Underwood. Yeah, he did. He did. But I imagine that's the voice that Kevin Spacey uses when he's like raping little boys. Oh, so it, the oh, whole thing made oh, me uncomfortable. Oh. But God, uh, anyway, it was fun, super fun, a well structured movie. I mean, real solid movie. And yeah. we have a gentle listener who did the costumes on that movie. We do. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. The costumes were good. Yeah, they were. I mean, the thing that I the thing that I loved the most about that movie was the visuals, the oh, costumes, yeah. the. Scenic design, the, um, the, you know, just all of that. Oh, yeah. And I thought it was a lot of fun. The best part, though, was Sister Twaint was sitting next to a couple <laughs> who were literally, like, finger-fucking during the movie. <laughs> like, open mouth, tongues in each other's mouths kissing. And also just talking at full volume uh-huh. as though they were not in a movie theater full of people. Oh, yeah. And then they would, after they talked for like 10 minutes really loud, he would be like, wait, what's going on? I don't know. I don't get what's what going on. What did you say? What did you say? I'm so what's confused. Ha- what's ha- I'm so confused. I don't get this movie. My, we were like, you were just talking for 10 minutes and not paying attention. My favorite part was like, the, so we're listening to the movie and everything's dead silent for a minute because he's not talking. And 
Um, <clears throat> somebody in the movie, a character in the movie refers to the house as a clue board. Um, the style of the house, right. you know? And then the loud guy next to us with the girlfriend said, Oh, yeah, I was thinking that this really, really is like a clue board. And I'm not kidding you, that loud. That loud. <laughs> For the whole theater to hear. That loud. <laughs> it was making our friend crack up. Yeah, we were laughing really hard. We were and laughing. they were the worst. Uh-huh. Um, and then the number two movie is today, this afternoon at 3 p.m. <laughs> I went and saw cats. And you went alone, baby. I, of course I did. Who, Nobody goes. I don't have friends. <laughs> I don't have friends that'll go to that movie with me. Exactly. And here's what I want to say about cats. First of all, it was amazing. <laughs> Second of all, it was the worst movie I've ever seen. <laughs> Third of all, um, cats has always been terrible. Uh-huh. Always. The yeah. Broadway musical was terrible. It's so stupid. It's mm-hmm. been stupid since day one. Mm-hmm. But somehow we tricked a bunch of rich, white, straight people to spend hundreds of dollars on theater tickets <laughs> for like 27 years or however long that show ran. Oh, hugely forever. Hugely Which forever. I don't get. And it, was, and it was terrible then and it's terrible now. And yeah. I'm still processing the experience of seeing the movie. I wish it had been a little bit more true to life, like true to actual cats, where Robbie Fairchild, <laughs> who plays, I don't know, Mumbleshanks or something, would have showed his <laughs> butthole to me more. Is Mumbleshanks really? I don't have any idea. <laughs> But there is a guy in it named Robbie Fairchild who's very beautiful, oh. and he plays um, one of the cats. I'm going to actually look up his name. It's not Mumbleshanks. He's kind of like the narrator cat. Mumbleshanks! Oh, it's Monkstrap. His name is Monkstrap. Oh, oh. Anyway, he's very hot, and I wish he had spent a little more of the movie showing his butthole to me like actual cats oh do. My God, oh, my God, oh, my and God. And number two, the best thing about it is Dame Judi Dench. Mm. She is a dame. Yeah. She has been damed by the queen of motherfucking England. One of the greatest actresses of our time. Of our time. And she is on that stage <laughs> and she is selling those lines about the heavy side Leia. <laughs> and it is the dumbest bullshit you've ever seen. Um, and it's amazing. God damn. I really think what it is, this is what I think it is, because I was watching it and I was sitting there thinking like, why is this such a phenomenon? Like, why was this play? I mean, that play ran longer than like any play in Broadway's history. Yeah, the Bible. And it's terrible. I don't know what I mean. And I, but I think what it is is that song "Memory" that Grizabella sings at the end is so good. It's such a beautiful song, mm-hmm. and as in the movie performed by uh, Jay Hub, <coughs> it's amazing. So I, I'm just picturing all these rich white people going to see the play on Broadway, mm-hmm. and the whole play long, they're like, "What the fuck is <coughs> a jellicle? Like, what what's happening?" Uh-huh. And then Grizabella sings that song right at the end, and it is a showstopper. And it and they felt things, they felt emotions, and then they went home and they were like, "We saw cats," and people were like, "How was it?" And they were like, "Oh, it was amazing," because they felt that emotion in that one song. But the rest of the show is absolute crap and garbage, and it's always been that way. So, jokes on you, straight people. <laughs> jokes on you. Oh man. Okay. Any so other? that's my women's work. Okay. What's yours? Any more? No. <laughs> okay, great. So let's take a little break, uh-huh. and then we're going to come back, and we're going to hear part two of the one who got away, Hoyt. Hoyt. His name is Hoyt. You guys. Hoyt. You guys, you can't wait to hear about Hoyt, what he said. It did. You're going to have to give us a quick recap of episode one. Okay, we're coming back. Are you blind when you're born? 
Is that really a thing for me? Oh, that's the first line of the musical oh, Cats. Can you see in the dark? Here's the thing that I realized also <laughs> while watching Cats. When I was a young queer in high school, mm-hmm. I would... I just wanted to listen to every Broadway musical that I could get my hands on. And this was in the days before, like, iTunes or Spotify where you could just, like, type in the name and just listen to the album. Yeah, yeah. So you either had to get the physical CD. Yeah. I guess this was kind of... No, this was pre-Napster because Napster was more like college, right? Oh, yeah. So so you had to get the CD. Uh Uh-huh. So I would, like, (laughs) check out CDs from the library. Oh, my God. And listen to them. And I knew every goddamn word of cats. Every (laughs) word. And I don't, like, I would never, if someone asked me, I would not say, like, oh, I love that musical or I've listened to it so much. But as soon as they started singing, I was like, Jellicle cats are queen of the night. I knew every word. Singing to astronomical height. Anyway. Handling pieces from the Messiah. Hallelujah. A Jellicle choir. I could do the whole Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So let's have a recap of you and Hoyt. Really quick. Hoyt. Really quick. Cat's trivia. The song memory was originally intended for an early draft of Sunset Boulevard. It doesn't surprise me one tiny bit. Yeah. Because it makes no sense in that musical at all. No, it really doesn't because the rest of the musical... All right, let's. This is whole episode's oh, going to be about go. cats. Here we go. The rest of the musical is based on a T.S. Eliot book of poems called "Old Scrumbleshanks Book of Cats" or something. Which, P.S. I checked out from the library and read because I just wanted a full, complete understanding of gay history. <laughs> <clears throat> So all the other songs are these kind of like n- – so basically what this book is, is T.S. Eliot wrote this book of poems where, where cats are sharing their like, – like there's this whole thing in, the, in cats in the book where cats have three names, one of which is the names that people call them, one of which is like their secret name and then one of – their cat name and then one of which is like a name that they never reveal. So they have how many names? Three. Jesus Christ. So the whole – so the whole idea of the musical Cats or of – okay, let's rewind. The whole idea of the poetry book by T.S. Eliot was all these different names for cats. So that's why there's like Jellicle <clears throat> Cats and there's like Jenny Annie Dots and, and you know – Do what? you don't know – Magical Mr. Mistopheles, you don't know these? I – Oh, now is that – anyway. Vaguely. Um, yeah. So, so the whole book of poems is just these cats with these silly, nonsensical <clears throat> names. Like it's like Shel Silverstein or something. Amazing. Anyway, so the whole musical is musical versions of these poems about Jenny Annie Dots and the Jellicle Cats Jesus. and Magical Mr. Mistopheles and um, all this stuff. And then, and then suddenly memory comes in, which is this like showstopper song that has nothing to do with cats or anything about it. So it completely doesn't fit in the musical. Jesus. And it's the only thing that anyone knows from that musical. And so right. it doesn't surprise me that it was actually <laughs> written for a different musical. Oh my God. So anyway. All right. Hoyt. Hoyt. Here's the recap. The recap is uh, we met my first day of 10th grade when I moved. I right. thought he was uh, dreamy. beyond dreamy. Couldn't stop thinking about him. We never dated in high school, even though I tried to make it happen. Right. Um, we were pen pals in college. Right. Uh, dated a bunch of other people. I mean, obviously, I didn't date him. I dated a ton of people. But 
at any given moment, if he had said, I'm interested in you, I would have dropped whoever I had. Right. Dropped the, whoever <clears throat> you had, dropped your panties, got on a train <laughs> with no panties I on, was... and ridden a train to wherever he was. <laughs> I don't know why it's a train. It's like we live in Europe. <clears throat> we don't have trains, you guys. The auto industry killed those back in the a long time ago. Anyway. You are on fire. Uh uh, I wouldn't have dropped my panties because I was Mormon. But oh, okay, <coughs> you'd have dropped um, your garments. I married Gary, my gay ex-husband. Right. Um, and fast forward from meeting him in in ninety one to uh, two thousand. God, a lot happened in nine fucking years. Wait, did I do the math right? Ninety one to two thousand. Yeah. yeah, that's nine, nine years. Nine years. I went from high school to college to marriage to children. Right. You dropped your panties and your garments. Stop. Stop. So. Can I tell a story about garments? Um, okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> Go ahead. And then I'll let you get back to Hoyt. Oh. Is this still the recap or are we into new I, material now? I was now? almost done. I was so close to okay, being done. Okay, finish the recap and then okay, I'll tell my okay, story about okay. garments. It's very quick. So it's 2000. I'm married. I have small children. He is still occurring to me. And one day I just on a whim write him a seven page letter. <laughs> I forgot. On a whim. On a whim. On uh, a whim to Hoyt. Then email started to be a part of my life, and somehow he got my email and emailed me, friendly, hi, how oh, are you? Oh, yes, yes. And I'm then remembering this now. in 2002, pregnant with third child, still married to Gary, my gay ex husband, I email him and tell him that I had feelings for him in high school, hoping it would bring me closure, which Mag- Wagamama said wouldn't. Oh, Or I, might yes, not. Yes. And then he emailed right back and said, I've always thought of you as the one that got away, and then there we go. Oh, right. Okay. Gar- so, your story gar- about garments. So one time <clears throat> when I was with my ex-mother-in-law, we were... We your were, ex-machina. My ex-machina. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's call her ex-machina. Tisha's machina. Tisha's Tish machina. Uh-huh. We were at a temple in another state, visiting it, looking at the beautiful grounds, and then we went into the distribution center where you can purchase garments, and my... <laughs> Ex-mother-in-law went to the lady at the counter and said, do you sell crotches? (laughs) Because apparently there used to be a time where you could just buy the piece of fabric that was like the crotch of the lady's garment. So if you needed to just replace that, like if that had worn out, you could just stitch that back in. Do you sell crotches? Anyway, that's all. So I just wanted to share that because when I said you dropped your panties, I thought of crotches and garments oh my god <clears throat> can you imagine just sitting down to watch some days of our lives you pull out your garments all the ones with the nasty old ripped up hole just buy the, some new and then fucking... you and then you pull out a little oh. stack of crotches oh, you got oh. from the distribution oh, center oh, oh, in that white silky material you just go through just as as oh. you're watching days you just start whip stitching around the edges you whip stitch a new crotch in oh. they're as good as new fresh as new fresh as a daisy oh. Okay, dear God. So, Hoyt says, I always thought of you as the one who got away. (laughs) So, that's where we left it. His email basically said, I can't, um, I feel like someone's playing a joke on me because I've always thought of you as the one that got away. So, we met in 91, never dated. We're talking about, it's 2002. It's 2002. (laughs) How many it's, minutes are in two it's, hours? It's 22 now. <laughs> you guys were in year 22. <laughs> You're following along at home. So um, I immediately stood up from the computer 
I don't know if I made a physical gas, but I made I'm a sure spiritual gas. A spiritual gas. And I started to sob. Really? Yeah. Oh, God. I just sobbed because I'm still believing in this. He's the one. Right. He's the one that embodies everything that I'm not getting. Right. Et cetera, et cetera. That's what Shania Twain said. Oh, okay. Really? What? Doesn't she have a song that's like, still the one I love? Oh, God. Anyway. Ugh, you're putting all kinds of bad songs in my head tonight. Sorry. Um, and so I start sobbing. And I immediately start saying, I'm not going to email him back. I can't. I can't. It has to stop right there. Because like you said in the last episode. Because you're having like an emotional It's affair. like a full-fledged thing. Even yeah. though that's all that had happened. Right, 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 right. Yeah, right, yeah. Right. But in Mormondom. <clears throat> my temple worthiness might, yeah. was at stake. Oh, you yeah. might as well have lived the watermelon sugar off of his cum. <laughs> as Harry Styles said. I don't think you licked the sugar, watermelon sugar off the cum. I think it is the cum. Oh, right. You would have licked the watermelon sugar off his dick. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, <clears throat> and needed to sew in a new crotch. Mm-hmm. So, um... Do you have crotches? <laughs> so, I am immediately, okay, that's it, that's it. And and I go downstairs and I am checking on the kids and, and I'm, I don't know, I tool around in the kitchen and then, uh, you know, I try to uh, watch a show with them and maybe five minutes went by literally and I went and emailed him <laughs> and, <laughs> and I just gushed it's as if I was just looking for permission to just say everything I had been thinking for all these years so it was a long gushy ass email and so what ensues is some emailing back and forth expressing how in love we are with each other really it, without saying it right. as much you know um and that we and that what what we wouldn't give to see each other right now to da 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 da. Does Gary know about this? No. You don't you told- don't you think that no, I No, not at t- the time. I'm saying like now. Have you talked to Gary about this since no, then? No, no. <gasps> Really? Not. So you're revealing your emotional affair right here on Hot Drinks, Hot Drinks Oh, Exclusive. oh, does he know about it in 2012? Yes. Oh, yes. Wait, it's I mean, not, wait, wait. <laughs> it's 20. What is with me and numbers tonight? It's 2020. He knows about it now. Oh, okay. Oh, well, yeah, that's yeah. what I was asking. Well, I, I probably would have mentioned that fact. Okay. Maybe. I thought this so, was a Hot Drinks exclusive. Tish's ex Machina knows about it. <laughs> Tish's I had a blog Machina. about it. Okay. Just kidding. So, okay. Uh, he knows uh, that I'm pregnant. He knows about my two little girls. Um, uh, you know, we've told our life history. We've told him. Oh, my God. We've told each other our life history up to that point. Um, and during this time, like during all of this, there was this picture that I was looking for him that I had saved on my computer from like a year before because I think I remembered he sent me like pictures of himself mm-hmm. in France and with friends and stuff and digging deep because I think I must have deleted it to, out of fear. Right. Um, and then I was thinking, I could maybe I can still recover it somehow. And I found in that digging gay porn. Oh, shit. <laughs> Well, shit. You know, saved into our computer. I was on the internet. I mean, come on, Gary. (laughs) You don't have to download it and save it. But back then, it would just download when you opened it. I mean, maybe. Depending on the website. I mean, listen, I looked at a lot of gay porn back in the day. (laughs) And I covered my tracks. And you still do. But you don't have to cover your tracks No, I don't cover my tracks at all. Although I will say, (coughs) I was at my mom's probably like two years ago. And she was like, oh, this is your old computer. Do you want, I was going to throw it away 
do you want to like take it and you know just see if there's anything on it that you want this is my computer from like high school so this is a really old computer oh god but and and <clears throat> and it's still sitting in my garage i've still never plugged it in although i intend to but um the a hundred percent the reason i took it is i thought well maybe there, there might be gay porn on here <laughs> and this was after i was out and everything but i just thought my mom does not need to discover right my cached gay porn no she does definitely does not so um did you know Gary was looking at gay porn? Okay, so I knew he had. Okay. Um, <clears throat> two or three thought, years before, but I, I you didn't. You thought he'd beaten his porn addiction. Right. Right. Oh, and I knew he had the year before that. Um, and, and, you know, you think that it happens in just these little chunks when they feel guilty enough to tell you or you catch them. Like, I didn't care as much as he was looking at porn as, as much as I was just married to a gay guy. Right. Um, and that's the honest truth. Um, but anyway, so I see this porn and I saw it as a sign that I should leave my marriage right then and Hoyt was the one. There you go. I really saw it as I mean, a confirmation. It's so simple. So yeah. simple. All right. How could anyone not see that? God often answers our prayers <laughs> through <laughs> gay porn. <laughs> And I'll never forget. I mean, he has answered some of my <laughs> prayers through gay porn. Let's be real. I'll never forget the first <laughs> image that popped up. The image that made me went, oh my God, that's gay porn. You like double clicked on it. <laughs> it was this guy sitting on his couch. I love this so much. And he's sitting up and he's looking at his camera and he's got like floppy yellow hair. And I don't think that it was like any type of like cool style. It was just floppy and unkempt. Right, right. And he's staring at the camera like, look at this. Like the, his, is he the, hard? The, wait, the look oh, on his okay. face was literally like if you could hear his internal dialogue, it would be, look at this. And he had an enormous cock. Okay. And it was hard. Great. And it was going past his belly button. I mean, congratulations, Gary. <laughs> oh, to Gary for seeing it. And so, so I took it as a sign. And... So cry, it made me cry and cry and cry. I was doing all kinds of crying during this God whole damn. thing. God damn and, um, and, um, and it I shall be a sign unto you. Worked you up. shall see a floppy haired blonde person with an erect <laughs> cock. And it shall be a sign that your marriage is over. That's from the scripture. <laughs> so I worked up the courage to talk to Gary. Um, and I said, basically, I don't want to do this anymore. You're gay. Um, and I'm in love with someone else. And his name is Hoyt. I really said all those things. <laughs> My God. And I mean, that's paraphrasing. Sure. Paraphrasing of, of all the paras. And um, thus ensued... W- one of the top two most unlivable emotional climates in my house when I was married. Hot. For a few, for quite a few weeks. Let's take a break. Let's take a goddamn break. <laughs> and when we come back, we'll hear about Sister Twain's unlivable emotional climate. <laughs> That's called Tease in the Show, y'all. It's radio, radio in stuff. Tw- Tease in the Show. Gary, I found your porn, and I'm in love with a man named Hoyt from Oklahoma. (laughs) So we discussed a divorce 
It was, was this the first time you discussed a the divorce? The first time okay. ever. Um, we had been married for five years at this point. Um, again, pregnant with my third child. Jesus. Um, and so I really thought. This was it? I, I, yeah. And I was thinking to myself, like, um, <clears throat> of all the guilt that I had around it because I had made temple covenants. Right, 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 right. I thought that Heavenly Father would be disappointed in me. Right, naturally. Um, he wanted you to stay married to that gay man. He for sure did. And, um, and then the kids being in a divorced family situation, all just- of that was just killing me i just want to pause for one second and just say if the mormon god is real that all the mormons believe in yeah he is a fucking asshole (laughs) he's the fucking worst because he really would wanted he would have wanted you to stay in that marriage where you were both miserable where you wanted to be dead Uh but the but the mormon god would have wanted that oh for sure he's the fucking worst yeah yeah god i hate him (laughs) so i'm feeling just ripped right. up just inside constantly. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. And here's what I can't stop thinking about. Hoyt. That. Hoyt, sweet, sweet ass. <laughs> and um, my mother telling me this story ever since I was a young child. That when she wanted to divorce my dad when I was an infant, and I think in an early episode, I talked about how that's when she found out my dad was a pot smoker. Right, right, right. And it was the end of her world. Right. Um, <clears throat> that she got a priesthood blessing. Good, good. And in this blessing, good. and this, again, let me re- reiterate, was repeated to me several times throughout my childhood, this story. Right. And the, the following words, which were the words of the blessing, stay with him because one day he will be worth it. Oh, God. <laughs> and, That's uh, a lot. Oh, I know. Let's just unpack that Let's, for a moment. Go ahead. First of all, the Mormon God, <laughs> asshole. He's an asshole. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, I bet. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. It, it's hard to know it to, even where so, to start. Yeah, it's so... It's so, like, blatantly wrong. Uh-huh. It's shocking that someone could hear that. Yeah. Well, it's not shocking, but it's that your mom could hear that in a blessing and think, mm, mm, child. <laughs> mm. Like, she just thought, this is it. Yeah, yeah. It was like, she was reading Maya Angelou. She was like, these words are true. <laughs> and the, wor- the words were, stay with this person who's horrible mm-hmm. because someday... Uh-huh. They might be worth it or they will be worth Someday it. Someday he will be worth he it. He will be worth it. So and sorry about my... your own happiness, right. ladies. Exactly. But you need to sacrifice that on the chance that someday this man's happiness <laughs> will be more important. So, and that, for all my mom knew, could have meant in the next life. That sure. someday being sure. worth it in the next life. Also, as we're unpacking things, I just want to point out. <laughs> Your mother told this to you as a child yeah. about your own father. Yes. Like your, like your mother was like, so, <clears throat> girls, gather round. Dad was a dirtbag, but I had a blessing, and the blessing told me to stay married to the dirtbag. So, yeah, yeah, right. Like, so the message is your father's a dirtbag, <laughs> and the message is please sacrifice your own happiness for the happiness of dirtbags. Right, like I did. But <clears throat> my 
very educated guesses that she would tell us that when she told us that she told us that in the moments where he was at his worst and that, that she didn't get, she didn't see the messy end of that, um, alone. It was us as well, of course, when my dad was at his worst. And so, you know, there'd be a minute where he'd storm out and, you know, storm away, drive away. Um, and it was just us and that's when it would come out. Um, so the Mormon God told her through one of his mouthpieces on earth, <laughs> these worthy, worthy priesthood uh-huh, holders, that, worthy. She should, that she should stay with her abuser. <clears throat> right. And then she sat her children down and said, if you are ever in an abusive relationship, you should stay with but, that abuser. But to be fair, her question about leaving him had to do with the pot. Right. But it was, I mean... I don't know. I don't think your dad was physically abusive, but it was an abusive relationship. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I don't think she knew that then. <clears throat> no, of course she didn't. Yeah. But anyway. But, but regardless, if the mouthpiece of God knew. Right. The Mormon God. Yeah, exactly. The Mormon God was like, yes, stay with your abuser. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. cool. Anyway. So that kept ringing in my head. Yeah. And just exacerbating all of the, but what about the kids and what about my temple covenants, right? So guess what I did? Took a vag pit. I, and sent it to Hoyt. No, no, no. I didn't do any of that kind of We couldn't of stuff. take badge picks back then, no, you guys. No, you would have for to. For those say, young, for our young gentle listeners. You had to. You literally couldn't. You had to turn in film. But, and if you turn in film and it had a picture of your badge exactly. on it, they would like call the authorities. Oh, I know. Yeah, probably. So, probably yeah. not. So there were no badge so, picks back then. So anyway, after a few weeks of, of just horrificness. Oh, and I want to add, we were living in Illinois, as I mentioned, Horrible in and of itself. And it was during this time that they had redone the Nauvoo Temple. <laughs> and this was the one that was burnt down. Right. Um, for those of you who aren't Mormon, um, they had redone it after 150 years of it being burned or whatever. Right. And uh, were rededicating it. And they had asked all local members um, a couple hours around Nauvoo. Um, to sign up to volunteer for all the open houses. They were having a series of days of open houses. Uh And Gary and I had signed up to volunteer. Of course. Build God's kingdom. Well, we'll have to find a sitter because we can't have the kids with us if we're doing that because we (laughs) were like being ushers kind of. Right. And it turns out that um, during the awful emotional climate in our house, which did involve a lot of rough words uh-huh. no no scream fighting but just very unkind words to each other right um i brought up the navu thing and said oh we still haven't found a sitter for that and gary was like you know what? i think i'm gonna do that and you can just watch the kids oh. as if uh, because i had had this emotional affair right so you right. weren't worthy right and that was more the issue my emotional affair yeah than him looking at porn slash being gay. Right, 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 and, right, right, in right, fact, right. In fact, it was 99% the issue. Right. And so... Because <clears throat> him looking at porn and being gay was outside of his control. Right, exactly. You choosing to have an emotional affair with Hoyt was 100% your choice. Bingo lingo, bro. Bingo lingo. So... Bingo lingo, bro. <laughs> Bingo lingo, bro. So... Uh, we so fast forward to I, I decide to call someone in our stake 
And for those of you who aren't Mormon, um, your congregations of a few hundred people um, few hundred families are called wards. Or few hundred people, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, are clumped together. A group of wards. A group yeah. of wards, like eight wards, is a stake. Right. So um, I, I called someone that I really liked and respected in the stake right. to come over and give a priest Matt and I, blessing. Uh, Gary and I blessings. And. That's what he did. I told this, even told the story about my mom's blessing. To and Gary or to the priesthood both, holder? Okay. Both. And God. the priesthood holder went, whoa. That was his reaction to the story. Like, whoa, <laughs> what a crazy fucked up thing to say to uh, a woman who's in pain. That's kind of what I thought. <laughs> or, whoa, God really is rocking it out, you guys. <laughs> was this before or after the temple dedication? This blessing part, uh-huh. uh, probably after. Okay. Have you been to a temple dedication? When I was little. Uh, Where you do the Hosanna no. shout? Oh, you no. haven't? I haven't. They are the <laughs> most joyless, depressing. <laughs> Dude, you, I'm so surprised. They did, I know. They did some, They when one of the temples in Utah was built, they did this thing where they broadcasted the blessing of the dedication of the temple to like stake centers, like buildings. Uh-huh. So you could come and it was like, <clears throat> it was like the stake center was like the U S embassy. Like it was an extension of the temple. <laughs> so you'd have a recommend to come in. blah blah. blah. <laughs> and then they broadcasted the television footage of, it was president um, Hinckley dedicating the temple. And you do this thing. I'm sorry. I've hijacked your story. <laughs> you do this thing during the temple dedication called the Hosanna shout, which is something the saints did when the Kirtland temple was dedicated. Yeah. They waved white handkerchiefs in the air and shouted Hosanna. Uh-huh. And and when I heard about this, I thought, wow, this seems so cool. Like you're like cheering, like the building of the kingdom of God, but it's in a church. So you all stand there with your temple, with your white <laughs> handkerchiefs, and which you bought from Deseret Book, which gives money back to the church, you know, so it's like part of the church industrial complex. <laughs> and you wave them in this special pattern and you go, Hosanna, Hosanna. To God and the Lamb. Like it is, there's oh no joy. It's like sad, angry robots. Hosanna, <laughs> oh. swing. Hosanna, swing. To God, swing. And the Lamb, swing. Jesus. And it's awful. Oh my God. And, and even, as a, even as like this young, enthusiastic, 12-year-old, slightly queer Mormon, <laughs> I was like, this is terrible. This is really like sad and depressing and not at all full of Hosanna. Right. Anyway. Not at all full of Hosanna. So... Uh, I don't remember actually what the blessing said, um, but I think that they definitely m- made me less sure that I was going to leave Gary. Okay. Yeah. I kind of thought that might be off the table now. So what we did decide in that moment was... Can you imagine the audacity of being that priesthood holder and just <laughs> thinking like... And believe me, I've been there. I've been this priesthood holder. But just thinking like God is speaking through me and I'm about to tell a married couple (laughs) whose marriage is like in turmoil, (laughs) like what to do. Yeah. You know, children hanging in the back. Yeah. And just like, like that guy has no fucking idea what, what he's talking about. Yeah. He's just, he's like a dentist who lives like down the street from you. Yeah. Who has like a porn addiction probably exactly. at night. Oh yeah. And suddenly he's like, I speak for the word of God <laughs> and this marriage will be strengthened. Under uh-huh. the... Exactly. It's insane. Yeah. Anyway. So what we did decide at that time was for me to give birth to <laughs> Timothy. <laughs> you hadn't decided <laughs> until that moment. <laughs> No, so just, what, I'm not clear on anything, but what I am clear on is you should give birth. 
You should take your gr- your gr- crotchless garments off. So because they were out of crotches. Gary and I decided not to make any decisions about the marriage until after I had Timothy. Great. So great. I also we also I also in conjunction with this decided I also during that time needed to stop talking to Hoyt. Right. Right. And so because you needed to quit committing sins. Right. While Gary looked at we, jockboys.com. <laughs> we all, Hoyt and I already had a phone call planned. Oh, God damn it. And so... And I, you know what? He probably would have put his dick right through that phone. <laughs> and you would have held that receiver right up to your vajay. <laughs> Stop. And I you was would have, Mormon and scared. You, I know, but you would have had sex over the phone. I, but I wouldn't have because I'm Mormon and scared. I know, but like it would have been as though you had had sex. It would have been as bad oh, in God's eyes. Oh, you might as well have just put put the receiver of your handheld phone up to your crotch. <laughs> That's my, the garments have worn through, it so may it's crotchless. Have as well, been that. <clears throat> so we had our phone call planned. Planned when Gary and I decided I needed to stop talk talking to Hoyt. So I decided I would keep the phone call. I didn't tell Gary about the phone call. Keep the phone call with Hoyt and tell Hoyt at the end of the phone call that this is it. <laughs> You little and slut. So, you wanted to have your dirty phone call first. Yeah. So we, and then at the end of it, be like, this is over. So we talked and talked a couple of hours. I mean, slut with affection, oh, not actually, in a misogynistic way. We actually talked for like four and a half hours. You and Hoyt? Yeah. Like just during the day? Yes. Like Gary was at work? <clears throat> yeah. Hoyt Using didn't have a job? all those long distance. Oh, oh yeah. Because yeah. that's when we had to pay for long Fuck distance. Yeah. Fuck Jesus. yeah. Jesus. Yeah. And so I don't know what... My two small little girls were doing. I don't know how they ate or if they were safe. No, Um, I was completely shut off from the world. Um, And then... You were living in Hoyt's sweet, sweet embrace. Yes. Told Hoyt at the end of the conversation, we have to be done talking and we are putting off any decision making until the end or the end of my pregnancy when I give birth. And... Had you ever said something to Hoyt like, I'm going to leave my... Did Hoyt know Gary was gay? Yeah, I told, like you him, told him. I actually told him on that phone call. Okay. Oh, so he didn't know before then. Right, right. And had you ever said something like, I'm going to leave Gary and we're going to be together? Or was that just sort of I said, understood? I said or? things like, my marriage is not good. We have some mind-blowing issues, which I'm not going to get into. Oh, okay. So he knew that I was unhappy. And but had you ever said, like, we're going to be together? No. Okay, no, okay. No, I'm no, just no. curious. So... <clears throat> I'm, we're going to do some real fast fast-forwarding. Okay. The fast kind of fast-forwarding. Okay. So, fast-forward to I give birth to Timothy. I, I email Hoyt. The, That's you giving birth. Yep. Pop it right out. Because your um, vagina is tighter than your asshole. I um, email Hoyt and say, um, I'm not leaving my husband. Uh, I, there's just no way after I've had this child. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and also... Uh, uh, I still am in love with you. <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel. So this was 2003. Take it from my hands. I definitely um, emailed him again probably in 05 just to reach out, desperate, desperate reach out that I felt guilty and terrified about. Okay. Um, and uh, I don't remember if he emailed back or not. I, I think he did. And then... Uh, there may have been one other contact, um, in the next couple of years and 
then the divorce was in 2010. So from the time of 2002 to 2010, there was intermittent communication with Hoy, but very far between, few and far between. Mm -hmm. But there wasn't a single goddamn day that went by where he did not cross my mind. Really? Yeah. Oh, hoy. And I li- and it just as time went on, it just compound time compounded the fantasization. Right. Is that how you say it? I think so. I mean no, but fantasization, sure. the fantasticalness <clears throat> of Hoy was like a mythical who, being at this yeah, point. Of yeah, of who he was, of what we could have. Right. And uh and we'll stop there to when Matt and I decide to split for real. You know what? What? I know a very Gumby cat. Her name is Jenny Annie Dots. <laughs> oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Oh my God. Let's take a break. <laughs> We're back, governor. Let's get to the sex. Okay. So. So, okay. Where were we? Matt and I get divorced. Gary. In, oh, Jesus. Uh, Gary and I get divorced in 2010. <clears throat> From that first time I asked for a divorce in 02, I asked for it again. And I don't mean I don't know what I mean by ask for it. Can I have a divorce? I mean it's right. just a, it's like just a turn, it yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. a turn of phrase. Right. Uh, um, again in 08. Um, I w- also that was the year that I was. Um, they, I think they call it pre-suicidal, or you have suicidal ideation. Yes. Yes. Um, I know it well. <laughs> Um, again, that was, that was the other top two moment in 08 when the emotional climate in our house was almost insustainable. And he actually, we separated for an entire month. Oh, really? Uh Uh-huh. It was the best. Oh my God. Having my own space and just having it gone, having that whole thing just gone. Uh, the misery of, of the marriage was amazing. And then he convinced me that he should come back home. Um, in 09, Gary leaves the church. I've told that story before that he was the first one to leave. Um, and I was like, okay, fine. It's whatever. And he, and I said, do you think this is going to lead to you coming out? And he was like, oh no, you and I are in such a good place. As if those two (laughs) things had anything to do with each other. That was me. When I came out, I was like, oh, now all of my problems with Tisha will be gone. (laughs) Because now I'm not keeping a secret from her. (laughs) So everything will be fine. (laughs) I still couldn't get a boner. Right. And other things too. But yeah. So, um, he left the church also, um, dropped a ton of weight and, um, by January of that year, he was doing dudes. He was like, of he, 2010. He dropped the weight because he like saw the siren call of the gays coming. You know what I mean? I think so. Like he was like, I'm ready to be gay. Yeah. I can't be fat anymore. Maybe that was my problem. <sighs> I stayed fat. You still haven't heard that siren call. No, I haven't. I'm still fat. So, um, <clears throat> and then we split in May of 2010. Right. After I f- figured everything out that he was finally doing dudes just right. in April. So we're divorced pretty quickly. Oh, cute. It was like, oh, thank God, both of us, you know. Um, was he doing dudes or was he being done by dudes? I can't, what I'm asking is, is, is he, is he, he a, a top, top or a bottom? bottom? I can't speak for his time then. For his, <laughs> Hi, little twain. For his baby gay stage. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, in most of his, um, what do you call it, hookups? Yeah. He's a top. Shocking. 
Right. He strikes me as so much more of a bottom. Wait, are you serious? He really does. Oh, well, that's wrong. (laughs) (laughs) And so then uh, there was this conversation once where I was like, he's telling me about this guy. And I'm like, but you're and you're topping. And he's a bottom. Are you talking? You're a top. And he's a bottom. Just checking, like right. asking, like a dumb <laughs> bitch, like. And so, you know. And so, um, and then he said, "Oh, when I'm in love, I can be verse." Oh, good. Yeah. So anyway, that much was, like Sister Volvo, when mm. she's in love, she can go down on someone. <laughs> Actually, that was the person. No, that was the guy. Sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. Anywho. Anywho. So Gary's a top. We're divorced by May. Right. My sister convinces me that. By June, I need to reach out to Hoyt because what if he is, what, what if he's meeting someone else right now and falling in love? Like, y- you need to let him know as soon as possible. And like, uh, you've waited all this time. There's no sense in waiting. And I really thought, I didn't want to like reach out like as soon as we're divorced. Like, right, here I am, right, baby. Right, right, right. Because also, we hadn't communicated in a few years. Right. Um, I can't believe in all of this, I haven't asked you to show me a picture of Hoyt. Oh, God. Is he hot? Oh, I think he's beautiful. Okay, I want to oh, see him. Yeah, but okay. I mean, it's like something like, I don't care to look at pictures. Oh, okay. I'm not, Fine, I'm fair, not, fair, fair, fair. I'm not opposed to it, but it's right. just like, oh God. So anyway, I reach out to him. Uh, it was I, I, probably in June. I am just making things up and say, hi, I'm divorced. Basically, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Gary has finally decided to start doing dudes. He's topping them. <laughs> and um, I mean, good for Gary. Get your top on. And a few days went by and I didn't get a response. Fuck, wait, fuck. <laughs> and I was just like. Did you email him? Email. What, like, okay. I was yeah, like, I email was this Facebook messenger text what right, was this right right we we stayed away from each other on facebook um and, and any other social media but uh a few days went by and i am mildly like i can feel a foundation cracking <laughs> and and i it feels awful how firm a foundation it wasn't firm ye saints of the lord uh, <laughs> and you're like a wise man who built his house upon the sand. I finally get a response, and it's very short and sweet. Oh, shit. Uh, and it was like a congratulations to you. Fuck. And, and then he signed off. And I was just like, wait, wait what? This is why I don't try to connect oh, with uh, other people. I literally felt like that the foundation with this little hairline cracks were now... Big puberty hairline cracks. A, w- <laughs> a wise man <laughs> built his house upon the rocks, but you were not that wise man. So and the rains came a tumbling, tumbling down. down. The rains were that email from Hoyt. <laughs> so that said, "Congrats, love Hoyt." I emailed back and I was like, "So, um, can you put your pee maybe, in my v hole?" <clears throat> pretty much. I was just kind of like, so I was hoping that because I was divorced, that like we could start talking more. Um, did he live nearby? No. Okay. He, he, at this time, he lives in New York City. And I'm in Cedar City, Utah. Right. Um, and the I'm just... Twin Cities, as they're often called. I, I, was, I was just... <laughs> sister Cities. So I was just kind of like, um, I... 
was expecting more of a reaction like this. And just like my intention behind emailing you that I'm divorced was this. Right. Um, was your PNMIV. But I didn't say that because right. I'm still Mormon. Because you Mormon, yeah. Um, <clears throat> keep in mind, I've only ever had sex with Gary as well. Yeah. And so uh, he still didn't email back for a few days. God, and gosh. I am just like, it feels like I have diarrhea at all, all the time. You have diarrhea? You know how that feeling you have when you feel like you're going to have diarrhea? <laughs> I felt that way all the time because I was like, this is not <clears throat> how I no, pictured things no. going. So it's not a firm foundation so let's, in so your bowels. Let's just fast forward it to he uh, finally does reply and points out that the fact that I'm Mormon is just it's kind of a deal breaker. Yeah. And a real boner killer. <laughs> Mormonism is a real and, boner killer. <clears throat> he talked about his uh gay uncle who was also a best friend and like just talked about how horrific mormon um viewpoints are on homosexuality and everything and i emailed back and i was like oh i agree i agree with that I, right. and i and there are other things even that i disagree with about mormonism right. I'm trying to convince right. him that i was cool i'm cool <laughs> and Point. we could hang I love the gays even though the mormons don't and so we it, he starts to warm up to me a little bit um we start to talk, we call on the phone, we text. Um, it's still not going precisely how I thought. Right. Um, but I did wait quite a bit before suggesting that we talk about trying to see each other. Because I just wasn't sure what the fuck was going on right. in his head. And it was very casual. His response is like, yeah, I guess we could try to make that happen. Uh, I don't know when that would be. And I'm like perpetually broke. And I'm thinking, again, things are not looking good here. So right. then we um, talk about making it happen in October. Uh-huh. And, and before the plane ticket is bought, you know, he's, he's still real cagey about it. Um. And then I buy my plane ticket after we're both, okay, we agree this is the best time. And then we'll talk about like other details later. And nothing else has improved. I've bought the plane ticket, Mm -hmm. but there's nothing in our communication that looked anything like what my fantasy was. Right, right, right. And I just kept telling myself that, well, he just needs to see me. We just need to see each other. Yeah. Well, I'm telling friends... And my therapist about this almost every step of the way. My plane ticket is purchased when all of my friends and my therapist were like, Ashley, why are you going out there? Yeah. He doesn't want to see you. Yeah. He doesn't care about you. Now, as a 44-year-old in 2020, I get exactly where he was coming from. 1,000%. In what way? Um, He had had sex with a lot of people. Um, He had been in in and out of love. And um, the thing that we had had in 2002 was just the thing that we had in 2002. Yeah. Um, Like it was no big deal for him. Right. It was like there's this attraction. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And for you, it was like... (laughs) It was like the culmination of all your hopes and dreams. Exactly. It was my happy ending. Oh, God. And so, <clears throat> uh, my friends are saying all this to me. And, and it's, it's, it just proves that when someone has decided to do something, friends and family can't really talk you out of it when yeah. you've made up your mind, yeah. no matter how much logic they're using. Uh, so, I go out there 
to New York City, and it is awkward from the get-go. And Were I t- you, like, staying with him? So here's what happened. He actually had to move out of his apartment the next day. Good. Good great. time for Isn't a visit. Isn't that great? Yeah, good time for a visit. Um, everything was packed when I arrived that first night, except for an air mattress and his suitcase. And <clears throat> so I arrive in New York City. He, I arrive a few hours before he's done working. Um, and I go visit a friend who lived in New York while I was waiting for him to get off work. And then when he got home, he said he would text me when he got home to his apartment and then I would go there. And so he texted me. I uh, hailed a cab and got in and told him the address. And on the way there, I thought my stomach would just fall right out of me. Because you were nervous, excited? Excited and nervous. I was about to see him. Um, when things had not been great, but also all that hope right. and girlish, oh, girlish, girly, uh, puppy love stuff was, was just as strong as, as it could be. My heart is beating. I'm going to have sex that night. Right. Right. For with a straight man. With a straight dick. Who I was not married to. Right. Not married to this dick. No. And... And when I say straight dick, I mean a heterosexual dick. It might have curved a little <laughs> bit. That's right. fine. Some I think of them everybody, up yeah, to the left, to the right. We don't know. Right, we, and we, we don't we're care. happy with either one. And no, so we're happy with all the curves. I get in the elevator to go up to his floor. Get off the elevator and immediately see it's a tiny hallway and there are only two doors. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh god, he's going to come out of one of these doors because the elevator goes ding right. and it opens, and I hear the door open, and there he is, and I thought. I'm going to die. He is so gorgeous. He is so beautiful. So gorgeous. I am just dying. And then to touch him for the first time. Oh, my God. Touch me. It's so we. Anyway, go ahead. That hug, that touching him, that first hug. Oh, my God. Like that thing I had been crying and fantasizing about and, and, and losing sleep about and not eating about for years. It's so easy to hold me. <laughs> and after the hug, I realized I, it's, I'm, gonna need, I'm, I'm not going to get over this nervousness. I wasn't a drinker. You just creamed right in your pants. I, I, no, pants it wasn't, full of cream. It wasn't that kind of nervous. Okay. It, uh, uh, like a sexual excitedness. It was right. just like scared to death. Scared to death. I don't know how to be myself in this scenario. So we go in and chat for a bit until it's time to walk down to this French restaurant. Oh. Right? So romantic. And I could tell from dinner that this trip was not going to go well. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> it's so easy to... Should we take a break? Yeah. Let's take a break. Oh, God. I'm tired, you guys. So at the French restaurant, we get into a conversation about Mormonism. Right. And I'm trying to... And where were you at this point as far as Mormonism so goes? Because obviously you were about to have sex <clears throat> with a man. Right. So that's not Mormon. Right. But you weren't drinking, and that's no. Mormon. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I explained to him that I am struggling with 
pretty much everything about the religion except for the basic fundamentals. So I was one of those. Right, right, right. Where some people... You still love Jesus. Some people... The first thing they do is they realize the Joseph Smith story isn't true. Right. And that was the last thing that happened for me. It was right. everything else that fell away around at first. You loved a pedophile. And so I, I told him, like, the fundamentals are and gave him the... The first discussion, the, basically. basically. And, but in a very, very, very brief, <laughs> abbreviated way. It's, I mean, it's very typical to give the first discussion at the beginning of a sex date. <laughs> It's fine. Right before you bone down, you want to talk about the first vision. And he gave me this look like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, yeah. And then we talked about politics. And he hot. accused me of voting for John McCain in the previous election, which I had. <laughs> this is the moment. This is the moment that the wheels have fallen off for me. Oh my God! And uh, John McCain. Uh, yeah. Wait, is... what election is this? What year are we in? We're in 2010. So, so this, this was the 08 election. John McCain versus Barack Obama, uh-huh. and you voted for John McCain. Yeah, yeah. I want to throw <laughs> my phone across the room, across the room. Okay. Yeah, <clears throat> I know. I know. Was... And Sarah Palin. Uh, this is not what this podcast episode is about. <laughs> Sarah Palin? Dear God. Oh, my God. I can't believe you're freaking out like that. Oh, yeah, I can't. Like, I don't even want to look wait, at you. Wait, <laughs> When there are volumes of other shit we did when we were Mormon, that was much crazier than that. So Even when I was a Mormon, I was a Democrat. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Good for you. Touch me. It's so easy to love me. (laughs) So. Oh my God. I'm going to be over here thinking about 2008. We go. You go ahead. We finished dinner. Uh, I would never fuck someone who voted for John McCain. Walking. So I sympathize, Hoyt. We're walking back to his apartment arm in arm. And uh, as we get to the apartment, we're going back upstairs. It starts to sink in like. Time to go to bed. Time to go to bed. And I'm like, how does it happen? How does it start? What do I do? We've all been there. So um, I just, you know, I I go get my pajamas out of my. Take off your garments with their crotches. I didn't wear garments on the trip. Okay. Or much, actually, at that time. Um, And go to the bathroom, brush my teeth, la, 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 la. And I have a moment when I'm done with those things where I'm like, how do I go back outside of this bathroom? Oh, my God, I'm going to be... And I'm, like, almost shaking. Not shaking, but almost shaking. Right. Um, and Thinking about John McCain and, and Bristol Palin. Dear God. Don't, don't do that. And so... <coughs> uh, I walk out of the bathroom and just kind of nonchalantly walk over to the air mattress. And... <laughs> so hot. <laughs> he's already in bed and... What's he wearing? Just underwear, just oh, some uh, some boxer briefs. Hot, and uh, we get in bed and we cuddle. I had I had no problem like just touching him and reaching over right. and like cuddling. What are you wearing? I'm wearing like pajama pants and a t shirt. Okay, and um, we start to chat a little bit. He talks about how how early he has to get up, and then it just gets quiet. And I I don't know what to say. I I my I'm totally. My throat is just shut off. Right. And then um, 
I think I just kind of wherever my hand, my arms were, and cuddling him, I just squeezed him a little bit. Right. And he kissed me. <gasps> and I was so like, cute. "Okay, this is gonna happen." Yeah. And I immediately knew when we were kissing that I just needed to calm down and go with the flow. Right. Um, and he stopped after we were naked for a second. He stopped to put on a condom. Oh, bless his heart. And uh, then we had sex in one position, and it was the missionary position. Right. And I was so in my head and out of my head. I don't know if that makes sense. Yep, yep. (laughs) Every time I've had sex. (laughs) That all I could register was that uh, that it was... I mean, it was happening. Not right. not anything about how it felt or right. pleasure or, right. or whatever. All makes sense to me. Um, and then it was over and we went to sleep. Uh, woke up the next morning and it didn't feel like a big deal. Um, and then the next four days were spent with him working all day and me finding things to do. And I had friends that I could hang out with in New York. And then seeing him at night. And because he had just moved and he hadn't moved into his new place yet. We stayed in a different place every night. Hot. <laughs> so we had to cart our suitcases around right, with us right. everywhere. Feels great. Feels great. Yeah. Um, and um, the next night, I, I don't remember. I'm not going to give you the cr- chronological events, but he was in, he was not opening up to me very much and was awkward and standoffish with me the entire trip. Fun, fun. Until there were the times that we had sex. Right. And we had sex four times. However, that spaced out. I really don't remember. Um, Did he have long hair? No. Okay, in my mind, he has long hair. <clears throat> no. I don't know why. And, um, and actually, I had decided in my head before, before actually flying out to New York, because of everything that everyone around me had been telling me, just... Put this in your mind that this is just a trip for you to go and have sex with an old high school flame. Right. Because that was better than what my... like the emotional Of the years of of building. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. And so... Like, just go have fun. Yeah. Get fucked. Uh Uh-huh. And don't worry about tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. He was actually a real dick to me a couple of times. Good, good. I mean, just flat out a complete dick the one night we stayed in a hotel all the other nights we stayed at his friend's houses um i was so excited to have hotel sex yeah he gets in bed and turns over away from me and goes to sleep immediately great great and i am laying there in utter shock so so keep in mind that this is sister twain who's just fresh off a marriage Still Mormon for all intents and purposes. I have no idea what it really is to date because high school and college dating, it doesn't really count pretender. Like you don't really understand what dating is. And I lay there in utter shock and waves of rejection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just washing over me, eating me alive. And I'm just thinking that's, he's going to roll over any second. And, and we'll we'll touch and kiss and start having sex. An hour goes by and I'm wide awake and just feeling like I'm going to cry. Yeah. And then I finally just convinced myself to fall asleep. But then I, I keep waking up because that feeling of rejection was 
engulfing me God. all night long to the point where I did not have restful sleep. And at one point, like 3 a.m. in the morning, I roll over to Hoyt and, and cuddle right up next to him, put my arm around him. And he doesn't move. Right, because he's asleep. Because uh-huh. it's 3 in the morning. <clears throat> so I start touching the back of his hair, kissing his neck, hoping that, you know, he'll do something. And I whisper that I want him to kiss me. And he flips over for just a second, grabs my face, gives me a quick mwah, and rolls over and goes back to sleep. Yeah. I'm so uncomfortable right now. And in that moment, (laughs) I still could not register. I still did not register in that moment, in that awful moment of rejection. But he was acting that way because he didn't want to have sex with me. Right. <laughs> Touch me. It's so easy to love. There's just no way that could have been true. God. I hate this story so much. So the next morning, we, I brought it up. And that was one of the times that he was just a complete asshole. Right. At me. Right. And, st- and, and, and. Literally, I think the guy might be have narcissistic personality disorder because he was like just making me feel like shit for the fact that I wanted to have sex with him that right, night. Right, 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 right. Sounds crazy. Yeah. So um, we get on the train, head into town so he can work and I can like frolic around with friends during the day. But before we separate for the day, we get off the train and he's like, okay, well, I'm going this way and you're going to meet your friend that way. Um, I said, okay, cool. See you later. I mean, I literally was like, okay, cool. See you later. And he grabbed my arm and stared at my face for a second too long and then gave me a long kiss and then looked at me again for a second too long. And I was like, thanks. And then walked away. <laughs> you know who this sounds like? Who? The couple that sat next to you at Knives Out. <laughs> they were no, like, Tongues in mouths. <laughs> Nothing to do fingers with Fingers in holes. Oh, my God. So Fingers in holes. <laughs> so, uh, needless to say, well, not needless to say, the actual last day of the trip, he did a complete 180, and I don't know what happened. Uh-huh. But he was saying things like, what are the chances that we'll have some really bad weather and you won't be able to leave tomorrow? Oh, yeah. And when am I going to see you after this? Right. And You guys, um, why do we try to connect with the other <laughs> humans? It's a fucking joke. Yeah. It's bullshit and it's a joke. We just cuddled and talked all night. You know who's never said that to me? My bourbon bottle. <laughs> Evan Williams has never said that to me. And I leave the next morning and I was a little sad um, but so not okay inside. Like right. everything inside was messed up because he had been a dick for four days. <laughs> and then for the last half day was, was, was Prince Charming. everything yeah, I wanted yeah, him yeah, to be yeah. that whole time. <clears throat> I get home. He's barely responding to me. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I yeah. yeah. Him. And then it gets to this point where in December he texts me because at my you know, request, please explain to me what's going on. He texted me and said, I'm sorry, you live really far. Right. I mean, fair. <laughs> and also, I, 
you know, I deal with depression kind of on a regular basis. And, okay. and I don't know how to work through that and the fact that you live really far. And they, basically, that's all there is to it. Sorry. Hoyt is me with every person I've ever met <laughs> online. I'm like, you live very far away. Yeah. I'm in South Salt Lake. You're in North Salt Lake. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, and I don't know if I told any of this part on the Brevet, or not Brevet, but episode where we talked about the bravest things we've ever done. But I am in the throes of the greatest heartbreak I've ever felt in my life. It was debilitating. I right. could be driving and have to pull over because I was God, crying too hard. God. I could be in the grocery store and have to run to the bathroom because I didn't want anyone to see how hard I was crying. Right. You know, it didn't matter. I could be in the middle of making ramen for the kids and just like f- collapse to the kitchen floor. And it had nothing to do with him. And the fact that the thing that I had hoped could be was not real. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, this was your salvation. Pretty much. Like this is what was saving you from like gay marriage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, and, and so many other things. And so I go to visit a friend on New Year's Day and, in, in Los Angeles. And this is also the time we had talked about seeing each other again, me and Hoyt. Right. Um, was and he then, in LA at this point? No, no, no. Oh, okay. I just went to visit another friend. It was actually Wagamama again. Okay. And so um, I'm, I'm, I go to visit Wagamama and other friends in LA. Oh, uh, OG Rachel was one of them. Yes. In LA for the New Year's Eve. Uh-huh. And trying to convince myself to have a good time when I wasn't because right. I was supposed to be with Hoyt. Right. On New Year's Day, I'm in the movie with Wagamama. Uh-huh. You're seeing cats. And I get a text from Hoyt. Uh-huh. And it's that he's thinking about me. Oh, fuck you, Hoyt. <laughs> fuck you and the horse you rode in on. So I think that over the next few months, as the depression started to lift, um, and I reached out to him one last time. Actually, it was a series of last times um, as those things go. <laughs> and... My last few uh, texts or emails that I sent or whatever were not responded to because I wasn't kind. Right. And uh, then I started actually having sex with other men after that. Touch me. And so then. It's so easy. Fast forward to to about a year and a half later, I blogged about all this. Uh Right. And. like I said, in the first part, he saw it and commented anonymously. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like your experience, you and your experience with the boy, because that's how I referred to him in the blog was the boy. You and your experience with the boy is small-minded, are small-minded. Mm-hmm. Um, and wow, you're actually getting enjo- joy out of hurting someone because I was – saying unkind things in the blog. Right, 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 right. right. Um, that's kind of the epic love story. Uh, that wasn't a love story. Wow. Epic love story that wasn't a love story. Why do we try to love people? Yeah. <laughs> it's so not worth it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and look, again, this is something I rarely think about anymore ever. Yeah, 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 of course. Um, and it's just one of the many learning experiences that I've had since my divorce, which will be 10 years in May. Congratulations. Very cool. Happy, happy uh, diamond anniversary. Is, is that, that what 10 is? I, I, don't, I, th- I, don't I don't know. I think it's paper. Probably paper. Yeah. Uh, let's take a little break. <laughs> let's take a break though. And then we're going to wrap it up. Yeah.
Bitches, we're back. Okay. Oh, so that was the love story that was never a love story. And I think here's the big takeaway about the whole one who got away thing. Right. A lot of people have that. One I of don't. Those. I don't. Right. I know you don't. I'm broken. Other people do. <laughs> Normal uh, people I don't, do. No, I don't think that, that unbroken people, it means... That if you're unbroken, you have a one that got away story. Right. I don't think that has right. anything to right. do with it. I mean, okay. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> um, don't but, destroy the narrative where I'm the worst human living. The one that got away, um, I've heard that some of those work out. So okay. I'll caveat that. I don't caveat. Think, I don't think that's a verb, but I'll caveat that. And then I'll say that most of the time, it's a thing that has that is from your past uh-huh. and many years have gone by uh-huh. and you've probably created an idea in your head of this right. person yeah, yeah, that's yeah, not yeah, real yeah. Yeah. and an idyllic person that you wish of course. was there right. to fill whatever needs and voids right. that you have. You had created this this person that <clears throat> didn't actually exist right? Which to is, kind of fill the holes Which in is your so easy hole. to do because it's not someone that you are actually right. in it's not a, a relationship. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and so I think the big message is... When you have a one that got away situation in your life, mm-hmm. I think what you're really having is this is what not what I'm getting in my present experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is what I And need. the one that got away fantasy represents the things that I'm looking that for. That you thought would fill in those holes. Yeah. That yeah. person, nine times out of ten, is not going to be the one no. that provides those things that you need. Preach. Yeah. Because also think about who you were before when you knew this person in your past. Yeah. You hadn't learned nearly as much right. as, as you had. You were in an now, emotion, a different emotional right. space. So, yeah. so how could they f- be all of the <clears throat> fulfillment of all your hopes and dreams exactly. if you've evolved and changed and yeah. your hopes and dreams have changed right. and all that stuff? Yeah. And I also want to say that during all of this, oddly enough, during all the hardship of it and the heartbreak of it, Gary was like my main emotional support bless his dumb heart he was amazing oh gary he was just amazing what a sweetheart and um i would i was able to say things to gary that he understood better than anyone because yeah. <laughs> when we were married and and he found out about all of it and all and all etc etc et and i remember saying to him one day i was in line for fast food for the kids and I remember saying to him one day that I really, I, I, I don't know how to detach from Hoyt is the one. Yeah. And he said something like, one day you will have your Hoyt, but it won't be Hoyt. Oh, Gary. I know. That's a good answer. Gary, Indiana, Gary, Indiana, <laughs> not Louisiana, Paris, France, New York, or Rome. Here's the thing. If you're in a mixed orientation marriage... <laughs> Get out of it. No, but remember (laughs) that like all of the things you love about that marriage, that person like being your person and being your best friend and all of that stuff, you can still have that. You know? You can. You really can. You just can dissolve the marriage part of it and all of those, all of the good things can still exist. Yeah. So. I love. They're different, but they still exist. I read a poem um, just a couple weeks ago that talks about the fact that I that a person cannot be a home. 
Okay. You cannot have a person who is your home. So where I was thinking, Gary was my present home. Yeah. And hoping and thinking Hoyt was my Were home that I need that yeah, yeah, I yeah. Ne- needed. And the only home that we can have is is in a person is the person ourself. that is ourself. Yeah. Yeah. Goddamn. <laughs> So we're going to wrap this up. We call that home Trauma House. Yeah. The fun home. We're going to wrap this up. (laughs) So this has been a sharing time from Sister Twain that was brought to you by a listener suggestion. Yes, it was. So if you are a gentle listener and you have something you want to learn about. Brought to you by (laughs) Nabisco. If you're a gentle listener and you want to learn something about Brother Coffee, yes. let us know. Oh, my God. And I'll do a wait. sharing time. Send your messages. And then I will relentlessly talk about Nicholas Nickleby and cats <laughs> as I ask questions and listen. About deep, emotional, personal things in my life. <laughs> so you can always follow us on Instagram at Instagram.com slash hot drinks. Do you have a things we found in Brother Coffee's house that you want to share for today? Well, first of all, I, didn't, I did not ever post uh, Pigtail Death. Pigtail death? Remember the tarot card that we did for the brevet? Oh, no. And you were super duper drunk, bro. I was. I yeah, was, bro. Uh, and uh, so I will post that. And then I will also post... My mascara. Your mascara. My mascara found in Brother Coffee's home. So if you're curious about the things we found in Brother Coffee's home, please go to Instagram.com slash hot drinks. <clears throat> you can also uh, like or follow or give money to our Patreon which is at patreon.com slash hot drinks. Basically, that's where you give us money, and then that money goes to help us make this podcast. And we yeah. send you, you get special bonuses you and special things, gifts you do get on the side. Return per the Videos, yeah. newsletters, uh-huh. special episodes, yep. gifts in the mail. Uh-huh. Our, our uh, January newsletter is about to go out. Oh, yeah. It's like half ready. It's half ready. As yeah. soon as you send me your stuff, it's ready. <laughs> I, that's funny because usually I'm the one dragging my feet. So anyway, <laughs> so hotdrinks.com slash, ins- wait, instagram.com slash hotdrinks. No one uses the instagram.com. It's just an app. Patreon. Go to the <laughs> patreon.com slash hotdrinks. Yes, yes, the app. The Patreon app is garbage. It's garbage. Don't yeah. use it. No. Yeah. But give us money. Anyway, um, so <laughs> that was the one that got away. That was Hoyt. it. That was it. I don't, I, I don't think he really got away. I think you got away from him. Like, I think you had, you thought he was yeah, the one that got the away. Yeah, the one that got away. But you really, it was really you going like, oh, no, this is yeah, not actually If we were to give this story an accurate title, right. it would be in the one that got away genre of, right. of yeah, stories. Yeah, fair, fair. But an, a more accurate title for this specific story was, I, 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 and it's not even that I got away from him. It was that I, I had to detach from a fairy tale that I created to survive yeah. my mixed orientation marriage. And that really sucked. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> and if there is one takeaway from this episode, it uh-huh. is that the Mormon God is an asshole. Oh my God. What, what a, a fucking jerk. dick. What a jerk. He's really narcissistic. He's super narcissistic. Yeah. He hates gays. Uh huh. He doesn't care about our feelings. No, he's like a Republican, basically. Oh, yeah. So, anyway. Oh, but there's something to that. Don't pray that that Mormon <laughs> God. So, this is Hot Drinks. Like and subscribe. Yes, please do. And if you like it, please leave us a five star review. And please send us messages. Yeah. Because we base our own self-worth on the messages we receive from you. Yeah. And then when we get that self-worth boost, you know what we say to ourselves? We're so cool. (laughs) We say, I've been asking around, we're so cool. (laughs) This has been a podcast about how we're so cool. Leave us a one-star review. In the name of (laughs) CJ and Christ, amen. Amen.